Hey, Risto here at George Mason University. I'm here with Julie Sargent from the Open University in the UK and Antonio Calderon uh, from the University of Limerick in Ireland uh, to discuss their article titled Technology Enhanced Learning Physical Education, uh, a critical review of the literature um, that was recently published in the Journal of Teaching and Physical Education. Um, you can find the full site of the article in the show notes. I'll put a link to that. So, um, Julia, Antonio, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for coming on. Thank you very much for having us, Christo. Um Great to be here again, um, this time with Antonio to discuss our article. Um, and we really hope it's of interest to your listeners. So, I guess, I guess I'll ask if you can start by telling us about the background leading up to the study and why were you initially interested in technology learning and how did the research project come about? Yeah, so uh, the topic of technology enhanced learning in relation to um, physical education is something that I had wanted to explore for a while. Um, it's a concept that we tend to use a lot um, with my work at the OP University. And so I was personally intrigued to see, to explore this, to given the discussions that are we're having at the moment in the field around the use of technology uh, in PE. So Antonio and I had a conversation about ideas for papers um, and our discussions led to seeking to do a literature review to try and get a good grasp of the field. Yeah, and um, thank you for having us, Christopher, first. And um, my own case, I've been always interested in teaching and learning in general in particular in PE and PET settings. But it was when I moved to Ireland a few years back now, that was definitely a, a trigger for me because interestingly, the use of digital technology for teaching and learning clearly supported my own socialization process and development process, even my own pedagogy. So I know this could be part for an, another conversation and it's actually an ongoing project. but. As Julia said, we both were kind of aware of each other's work by reading our papers. And then we finally met in ISF Edinburgh a few years back. And I think everything started there. So I think the take-home message from this nice story, I think, is just the importance of, of networking and traveling to conference and in order to promote this, this kind of exciting research collaboration, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of good things that happened at ISEP in Edinburgh. Um, I met a lot of people there. Uh, it was a great uh, mm -hmm. world congress. So um, I'm glad that I'm yes. glad to hear that other people have kind of made that uh, professional connection there as well. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I'm wondering if you can give us an overview of where physical education at is uh, in integrating digital technology to enhance pedagogical practice. So what I mean is. What's the current interrelationship between technology and pedagogy and PE? Yeah, so I would say um, from some of the bits that our paper discussed is we believe we're sort of in the initial stages in, in, in terms of seeking to bring technology in to complement what we already do in physical education. Uh, we're, we're increasingly seeing technology being used to support teaching and students learning, which is which is certainly encouraging. Um, I think given the physical nature of the subject, um, we are likely to continue to see that metaphor of roll out the ball technology. Uh, and by that, I mean, um, here are students looking at an iPad 
rather than moving. Mm-hmm. But I think we can go beyond that narrative in using technology to enhance what we do in, in small ways. So that might be making our practices more efficient, uh, extending the boundaries of, of the classroom space or students' access to learning. Um, also, I think we need to think both individually and collectively, um, ultimately about what our future goal for PE and technology is uh, and why we have those ideas. Because I think if we can begin to distinguish what this means for us, um, then we can work out a suitable strategy to get there. That, um, involves both technology uh, and po- pedagogy. Hmm. Yeah, no, I, that, that's really interesting because I think that the dominant discourse absolutely technology and pedagogy in PE looks at, at the relationships of technology and pedagogy or, or another subject would be as a one-way street. So from my own perspective, we should look at this as part of a more complex scenario where many other variables are present and interact with each other. So for this paper, we run on the framework of Trui and Tavares in 2021. And, and I think it's a really nice one because they advocate for a multifaceted system perspective where technology and pedagogy are interconnected and they are interdependent elements of the classroom. And the learning environment is kind of seen as a system alongside with other elements, including the teacher, students, curriculum, physical environment, you name it. And, but, but they are not just seen as a dichotomy. So just trying to respond to your question, I think the current relationship between technology and pedagogy in PE, as we've seen in, in this review, is fundamentally kind of instrumental and is mostly fraying on, on some of the type of techno-positivism, which is you know, that perspective that tends to discuss and advocate the use of digital technology often and critically and sometimes as, as something which is neutral and, and that is always going to enhance teaching and learning, which is interesting because we know that uh, that does not always happen. So, yeah, yeah, I will right. leave it there. So can you give us just a brief overview of what you did in the study, maybe explain the critical methodology used as an approach? Yeah, so we're taking that idea of uh, critical forward um, and used it as a, as a way in this, this study to um, review the aspects of pedagogy um, in relation to technology and question what is truly um, enhanced. So we adopted a critical stance in relation to similar papers published in this space whereby we drew upon principles of systematic review, but we also sought to critically review them between us um, and really take forward that idea of what the enhancements on teaching, on learning um, and curriculum. You can see in the paper whereby we make certain decisions based upon the content of the papers and the quality, rather than just trying to stick to a, a linear, perhaps inclusion and exclusion criteria. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, if I may add there. So I think also the critical lens was also broad based on, on the different conceptions of pedagogy, of teaching, of learning and curriculum that we drew on. So what we saw it is overall the literature was mainly focused on exploring cause effect relationship of one particular technology enhanced intervention uh, and certain variables. 
by assuming a conception of teaching which is more technical and is more coming from a type of behavioristic type of thinking. So what we wanted in this critical lead review was to analyze the literature more critically, as Julia said, but by also looking at those relationships between technology and pedagogy and curriculum and so on, but through different conceptions. So, for example, by looking at teaching, uh, not just as that technical, you know, action of, of doing things or applying things into the classroom, but also as, as bringing something new or pointing out something new to the students that wasn't there before, which is actually a more philosophical trend or a different conception of, of, of teaching and the same with, with learning and curriculum. And I think that was really pretty much related with the framework and, and the model that we used to analyze our findings. Uh, and yeah, I think that, that was a really interesting one for sure. So can you kind of better explain the idea of technology being used mainly as a substitute of teachers uh, that you discussed in the article? Yeah, so one of the aspects um, that we found was useful to draw upon was the existing model called um, the SAMA model, which categorizes use of technology into four different levels. So we have the idea of substitution, of augmentation, of modification and redefinition. Um, and taking upon your question now, we were arguing that we are still on the first sort of levels of enhancement in mm. PE, uh, that being that level of substitution whereby technology acts in many ways as a direct substitute for the teacher in terms of replicating existing teaching practices or doing something marginally different. Um, this is still categorized, if, if, we, if we take that model, as enhancement, but it doesn't necessarily reach the levels of transformation, uh, such as the creation of new tasks that didn't already exist. Right. Yeah, and, and, and just reminding, in, in one of those papers, that there is a picture, actually, which is it's, it's really, and it's a brilliant one, because you can see some elementary students just doing, just sitting in front of an iPad. The iPad was in, just on top of the chair. And obviously the iPad was showing some kind of exercise and all the students were following where the iPads were, were kind of uh, showing them to do in terms of videos. So I think that's a really nice example mm -hmm. of, of that kind of technology using as a substitute. But again, I think it's a really interesting model that in a way it challenged our thinking as practitioners and researchers but in particular to inform that, that critical analysis that we wanted to, to do. And, but I think there are two elements from this model that kind of struck me in some way. And the first one, which is in the first two levels, the levels that Julia mentioned in terms of uh, substitution and augmentation. So is that notion of technology adding a functional improvement, they say that, uh, to teaching and learning. So. The author basically said that in this level two of enhancement, there are some functional improvements that are kind of triggered by the use of certain technologies. So, so for example, some questions that comes to, to our mind in a way, just so it's just using a tablet, for example, as a whiteboard, as we've seen in many, in many of, of the papers that we've included in our review. So is using that tablet and release information to a student or using an online form, for example, to, to gather the student voice, 
is that really adding uh, that functional improvement? So I think this could be some interpretation there. So for me, it could be a yes or, or a no, and, and that will depend on the context, I'd say. So, uh, so that's one element. And the second element from this framework, it's just the notion of, as, as Julia said too, the, the notion of using technology to transform teaching and learning practices, but by allowing for significant task redesign or the creation of new tasks that previously were unconceivable without the use of technology. Mm -hmm. And I think that, that there is a lot there, as you can see. So there is a lot there. But um, I think, so for example, there was an example in our review, which is the paper from Kokek and, and colleagues in 2019. And they basically were using an app for recording a game-based situation of a student. And then what they were using with the recording, it just used that footage to enrich a debate that they were doing after the recording, obviously, of some ideas with the hope to enhance the students' understanding of tactical concepts. So uh, we were just wondering, and we had this discussion in terms of, is this example, for example, one of those examples of transformation or not? So I think just looking at the framework and the potential question and the definition of the, this, of the different levels, I think that was reaching and it was really thought-provoking for Julie and I in terms of, are we really transforming teaching and learning, as they say, with the use of those apps or those technology or not? And I think, again, it's really a really nice framework to, to use while planning, for sure. Yeah. yeah, there's definitely a lot of different ways to go about it and how to use that iPad for, for the benefit of students or, as you talked about, and just substituting and having a station that has a pre-recorded video. So I'm, I'm wondering, what were the main technologies used to support teachers in PE? Yeah, so I, I would take there if you don't mind, Julia. So uh, I think that we will have many examples there in the review. And, but I think that with the one which is coming to my mind, it's the one from Lee and colleagues in 2020. And I think that that's a really good one. It's quite informative because they provide a list of apps that they were used in their in their research, but not only the list, but which is actually the most interesting, is that they also connected the apps with the functions and the why and the how they were used. And so I guess, which is really important, it's not just focus as we know this is common. Obviously, I think just not focus on the technologies, <clears throat> sorry, but also on their benefits. Uh, uh, but also, as I say, on the house and the why they were used, and in particular in the context they were used. And I think it's just that is really important, and I would highlight that are, are critical in terms of context should be considered as king, not just you know certain apps that are, can be used or taken without considering any context. Mm -hmm. So another thing that comes to to our discussion too is just a student voice, for example to be incorporated as well in terms of, I know we can learn loads from listening to students and their ideas, suggestions. So I think there is also a really interesting reflection there in terms of context. But also, uh, I think one of the things that comes to my mind also by looking at, uh, 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 and, and, you know, just trying to, to go back to your question, it's just the dominant discourse on the use of technology supporting teachers and teaching, I think, 
it offers no distinction on the type of teachers and or the, the different philosophies of teaching, for example. So at least, you know, you, you ask me, well, where are the main technologies used to support teachers? Yeah, but there are many types of teachers there. And so I think it, it's just uh, coming back to that idea, I think it's important that, you know, some technologies could be useful for certain type of teachers and certain type of teaching philosophies, and that's fine. And then other could be also used to support different pedagogies or different philosophies for teaching and learning. And I think bringing another layer to this interesting conversation, I think that the tech industry, I think they are designing all the tools and devices and apps, I think with a particular type of teacher in mind. And, and I think that brings up again to the comment of that more technical point of teacher, the teacher and our role and, and, and teaching as a technical thing. So I think that's also something interesting to bear in mind and, and to consider as well. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, and I think that this, this fascinating observation of, I mean, that's, that's the you know, corporate curriculum or the, the pre-packaged curriculum that's very similar. It's like when it's designed, it's designed by a team or an individual and that team or individual is designing that curriculum for a specific type of teacher, oftentimes the type of teacher that they are. And they design their tools to be used mm -hmm. with that teacher in mind, and that. And I never thought about like that. That the tech industry or all these apps are designed for one type of teacher, the same type of creativity, and then it kind of displaces other types of creativity or teaching philosophies and and things like that. So there's there's definitely a lot to lot to unpack there. Um, I'm, I'm wondering if you can give us a few examples of how teachers use these technologies to support student learning, which in effect is pretty much the important part that we're, we're trying to get to and using this technology should be to enhance students' learning. Julia? Yeah, so we saw, um, as we showed in the paper, different examples. Um, one, one that particularly stands out to me is uh, that from Andre and Hasty, which showed um, the ability of technology to create different and, and new cultures for students. Um, but on the whole, we were seeing things like videos and extra games being particularly useful in supporting students' movement, but also analysis of their own performances, which particularly in, for example, gymnastics, dance, etc., would would be of, of use. Um, an example... Another example from, from Lee and Gao's study is the use of the app Educreation, which some of you might be familiar with. Um, and again, they use, they use this as a, um, a whiteboard on the iPad to provide a different means of instruction and communication for students. So they created pictures and also presented verbal cues, which we used to explain different movements uh, for students. Uh, another example would be the coach's eye app, which is used and tends to be used for video analysis. So the teachers would have a collaborative conversation with the students um, in terms of recording and analysing their performances. And then they also provided annotations on the different movements for their students so that they could visually seek to analyse uh, their skill demonstrations. Yeah, and I know that you have a lot more examples in the... Uh, in the chapter or in the article itself, but I'm wondering what what were the outcomes and pedagogical enhancements achieved in students' learning by integrating technology and PE? 
Yeah, so again, we saw different types of technology, exit games and apps being used. But I think one of the most prevalent outcomes was speaking to enhance students' health, but also the physical aspects of learning. Um, but we also saw um, motivational related outcomes. So seeking to um, enhance or improve students' motivation in PE. So, for example, McGann and colleagues um, showed that students improved in um, movement skills when using EXA games, an example. Or we had um, Devon and colleagues who saw student progression in self-assessment abilities when using video feedback. Yeah. So as, as we kind of wrap up the podcast, I'm wondering if, you know, before you mentioned the enhancements in students' learning were seen in a rather like narrow view when thinking about health and physical and motivational aspects. So what are the kind of main unanswered questions that we still need more research in, in physical education? Yeah, so let me take that one if you like. So, <clears throat> yeah, no, totally. I, I think that's a really good one. And, and I'd say that this is actually the elephant in the room. And I think what I will bring here is just that suggestion made by, by a critical person in terms of digital technology and education, <clears throat> critical or constructive at the same way, which is Neil Postman back in, in 1998, so already a few years ago. So, and, and he said, and I quote, the most important questions that need to take place about digital education up to now, no question of what technology will do and solve, but question of what technology will and do, and therefore the unintended consequences. So I think that's, that's, that was really good. And I think it's been really helpful for me in my whole process of planning. So it's it just always to think about beyond what this technology can do or what will and do. And I'm using this also with, with my students. So for example, Another great example, I think, if, if we agree, and, and I'm going to quote another good friend of this podcast, if we all agree that the only, and I quote again, the only real and sustainable aim for physical education is more physical education, so, well, that's, that's, then it would be really worthwhile to explore if there is a place for technology there or not. Hmm. So... I think just just looking at those two, two really big kind of prompts or or statements, I think we uh, if we expand if we try to unpack those, I think we will have some some questions there to to focus. But I think it's really important. I think in looking at our findings and, and this review, I think it's, it, it, we would like to take away it just obviously just try to look at those um, hidden or unintended consequences too, and not just trudging that always. Without a doubt, technology is going to enhance our teaching and learning practices, but it could be like the other way around. So I think that's something that I will, that will raise here, yeah. Yeah, yeah and, and just to build on that is um, a gap that you will see within the paper is, is how technology can be used either by teachers, students, um, to help interpret and deliver the curriculum, I think is one aspect that we're not currently seeing um, that still needs to be looked at and explored um, within PE. Um, but going beyond that, I think the use of technology to support some of the existing pedagogies and practices that we see teachers striving for in the field. So 
for example, social justice pedagogies, um, the connection of technology with meaningful PE or, mm. or models-based practices. I think that's, that's somewhere where we can really start to tie up those ambitions for technology with pedagogies that we're already seeing having um, gravitas within, within what we're doing in PE. Yeah, and it's interesting you, you brought up the meaningful PE piece, and I know that there's, there's such a big following for video games just in general with, with a lot of youth. They, their you know, e-games are, and e-sports are just like super popular, and people are watching other kids play games on YouTube instead of playing them themselves, and it's just like a completely normal process for a certain age of age of youth and it was interesting that you brought this of you know meaningful PE and how where does like technology come to support because those esports and those video games are deeply meaningful for students and and I think that it's going to be an issue and we have to figure it out of how do we either connect through them with them do we embrace extra games? Do we completely uh, like take it out? Because I mean, I, I just uh, was reading one of Tim Fletcher's uh, pieces and, and read really a lot into meaningful and joy. He talked about where kids find meaning and they're going to continue obviously doing those things that they find meaningful and enjoyable. But then where is, where is the connection to technology? How do we do that? And I think that that's such a, yeah. such a great point that you bring up. I mean, I mean, I wrote a, a piece on this recently, but go, going back to the idea of, of esports and what students are finding meaningful is, you know, the reason why students are are engaging and spending lots of time watching other people play those games is because essentially the the other player is presenting that learning that they have formed through playing that game to another player, and so the student then becomes the kind of teacher in relaying what strategies they've used. Um, and so, and so, you know, that clearly is a, a meaningful learning mechanism for people engaging with um, e-sports and e-games. And so tapping into why that works in terms of the technologies they're using and how they're uh, presenting themselves in those spaces, I think that's something that we really need to tap into because, like you say, it is meaningful, it is engaging, and it's becoming something so popular that I really think tapping into that is, is a question that we need to, to look at. Yeah, I, I didn't understand this for a while. Like my, my nephews went through a stage and one of them still does all the time, just like watches other, other kids play games on, on, on the web and there are all these different sports games or Minesweeper or whatever. And I just never understood it. And somebody explained it to me in a way that they said, well, Think about all the people who go out on Saturday or Sunday and watch football. And they, they're watching other people play a game that they know how to play, but they're not that good. But they find it deeply enjoyable because they grew up playing that mm. game. And it clicked with me. I was like, oh, well, yeah, if you played that game as a kid and then like your skill or your whatever, like motivation to be that good or whatever it is, just like topped off at a certain point. And then you can see the, the Diego Maradona of, uh, of video games. 
and it's really engaging and meaningful to you, then what's the difference between kids watching esports versus an adult now watching Liverpool or the the Steelers or the LA Lakers play a game? And it's that analysis and and next level of learning that that clearly contributes towards why we're engaged with it and why we want to know more about it. It adds something to our, not only our um, experience of watching it, but our understanding of either that game or that piece of activity. So I think it's, we, we haven't necessarily unpacked what that means for, for physical education yet, but if we're drawing upon the broader spaces in which sports and physical activity take place, I think we've got a lot to, to bring in and, and learn from. Yeah, absolutely. So I have one last question to you, and, and Antonio brought up this, uh, the elephant in the room, and, and I think one of those big giant elephants is the pandemic. Like, I think a lot of, especially technology work, you did this research before, or the articles included in this are before pandemic. So I think you mentioned that the pandemic spurred the integration of technology in the PE context. Everybody had to learn how to teach online and do some sort of digital technology. So moving forward, what do you think will be the scenario of PE with technology in the future? Yeah, so first of all, we wanted to acknowledge the pandemic because I think it's a huge part of the context in which we were writing this review in, but we didn't want it to be all about the pandemic or encompassing right. of it. Um, but I, I think I think the pandemic put, particularly for physical education, but also education more broadly, homeschooling and the use of technology at home to access learning resources or learning environments, it really brought that into the spotlight. Um, and sometimes I think it was um, a little bit of a, a shock to the system in terms of transitioning different aspects of schooling in, into the home environment. Um, I think it, it's it's hard, but it would also be a bit naive for us to try and predict too much of what the future will hold. Um, I don't think any of us would have predicted the, the pandemic, but um, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a bit more future-proofing from schools mm-hmm. and also teachers to look at how we support our students to use technology to access learning spaces outside of uh, our classroom and sports hall. Um, so that they can access that, you know, lifelong physical activity. Um, I also think the use of technologies and platforms, as we've mentioned, that that students find engaging, whether that be games, whether that be social media or, or video creation, you know, through platforms like TikTok. Yeah. We we need to tap into this, but this will only evolve in what becomes accessible. Those those platforms may not be accessible or or even used in the future but also keeping up with the changes in what's um adopted and used um by our students yeah totally and then no i think that's a one million dollar question always looking about you know what can we do and and with technology in the future and and i think you know fully fully support and fully echo julia's response i think that was spot on but uh, what I would say there again, uh, just that if, if we zoom in the technology, just in that technology, we are kind of losing the bigger picture, the bigger PE picture in this case, and I think that should be really related to the purpose of PE 
and philosophy for teaching, if you like. So, yeah, what, what we've seen is just technology has always been considered a, a, as a game changer and a changer. And, but we, we have a solid body of knowledge which is suggesting otherwise, not in PE, but also in, in, in other content areas. So what I would suggest here is just, we, 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 need, we have enough in the present. So what I would suggest is to focus on the present, not just looking at the future. And which is, which is enough, which is hectic at the moment with so many technological innovations coming in, with some of them are a little bit you know, difficult to, to, to digest and to embrace, at least for now. But I, I think, yes, we, we can embrace those, but conscious at the same time that those technologies are not going to solve those, the, the complex education problems. And, and not, not even in PE, obviously, not, not in, in general. So what I would suggest there, it just, you know, it's really important it just to have a clear focus of what we as educators want our students to, to be or to point out and and see in a way if, if technology can help or not. Yeah. So again, I think this is a, a whole process. The planning process of it is it's really important for me and, and always considering that that notion of being being critical and, and and adopt that stance, that critical stance for the use of technology, that considering that it could be fantastic, and and or not. So yeah. I think it's it's just really important that we look at technology with with that skepticism, if you like, and and just war from there. So I think that would be my, my, my point to, to that question. Yeah. And, and I think, I think you both are right. Like we've, we've come so far and also we have so far to go. Uh, there's, there's a ton of research that we can still do to get a better understanding. And I think that technology, like you said, Antonio is not necessarily the game changer. It can be, uh, but there, there are so many, uh, levels to that of, teaching philosophies and and context that that you brought up so um i want to thank you both for coming on um again i'm going to have the link to the full article in the in the notes um i want to thank alba rodriguez for her help in producing the podcast and and julia antonio thanks so much for coming on thanks for having us and thanks very much thanks very much all right so that's all we have for you on this one thanks for listening If you're still listening, you're probably really into health and physical education. So I'm going to use this opportunity to pitch our master's program to you if you don't have your master's degree yet. Um, our 100% online master's degree program we offer at George Mason is affordable. You can do it while teaching, and it's high quality. Um, Mason was listed as one of the top 50 universities under 50 years old in the world. Our education department was ranked in the top 10 nationally for the online master's degree program in curriculum and instruction. The master's degree uh, revolves around your teaching. So you'll use assignments from the classes to immediately apply research and best practices to your classes. You'll be part of a tight-knit cohort of health and physical education professionals 
who are passionate about teaching. You're also going to get an opportunity to interact with students in other content areas. So if you're interested, you can email me, look me up on Twitter, or you can go on the hpewebsite.com under study with us and watch a video that I've made.